Hello and welcome to Keep You Posted. Today is Sunday, July 19th, 2020. It's like 8.30 p.m. and this episode comes out in a couple hours. That's very exciting. Um, my name is Hannah Trav. I'm your host. I'm a comedian, law student, and please forgive how zonked I sound because I was in the sun today. Oh my God, it's very hot out, um, but I had a lovely day. Um, I'm usually joined by my friend and producer, Ross Wiseman, but he's not here right now, so it's just me, all episode, baby. I tried to get Tom Steyer to join me and be my co-host, but he was busy, I assume, because he didn't respond to my tweets. Speaking of Twitter, our first story today, we're going to talk about the big Twitter hack that happened this week. Then we're going to be talking about COVID in the U.S., specifically um, what's going on in Georgia uh, and finally, we'll be talking about and remembering the life of John Lewis. Um, rest in power, my friend. And then I'll do a brief edition of HTHT, Hannah Trav's Hot Takes, um, on my own, where I'll be discussing The Sims, <laughs> which is a game I play all the time. Um, yeah, it'll be a quick episode, and uh, I'll give you some headlines. We're going to have a great time. Let's do it. On Wednesday this week, a huge orchestrated hack of Twitter happened. Um, they went on people's pages, these hackers. They went on like Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Uber. It was like all men though. It was like, okay, why not hack a woman? Um, and they posted about this, like send money to this Bitcoin account and we'll send you your money back. Or apparently... It was not like a, the Russians or something. It was just like a bunch of young kids trying to hack Twitter, I guess. They did it. So um, the New York Times interviewed some of the hackers, and then there were a couple other sources I found that I'll put on the website. But basically this guy, quote unquote Kirk, who knows what his real name is, he's a hacker. And I did just watch The Matrix, so I learned that hackers have nicknames. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. I knew that before I watched The Matrix, but... Anyway, so Kirk, this hacker, got somehow got into Twitter's internal Slack. So like if you guys have ever used Slack, it's like that messaging thing. They use it in a lot of offices. Or if you're like me and my friends, we just have one for our own entertainment. Um, so they got onto Twitter's Slack, this guy Kirk, and wound up getting like access to certain servers. Um, and so then he and these other two people that were working with him started like, basically they were able to access like, change passwords to things. Um, also apparently there's like these groups. I mean, I know there's hacker groups. I don't know anything about hacking. So I know there are hacker groups. Who knows what they're up to, but well, this is what they're up to. They're up to this stuff, but I don't know how they do it. But I didn't know this until I read this story that, there's people who are like obsessed with what they called OG screen names or like usernames. So like on Twitter, it's like at the letter Y or something like people want to own those names and they'll like hack people's SIM cards and like change all your passwords and ransom for like at the letter Y or at the letter T or at the number six. 
so that's a real thing that happens. I don't know. So anyway, so they did that. And apparently two of the hackers at the New York Times interviewed were like, yeah, we got off before this got too crazy. Um, Cause then he got on Kanye West's account. This was all Kirk, Jeff Bezos sending Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. And so now Twitter's investigating like how it happened. They apologize. They were like, we're so embarrassed. We're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Apparently they didn't get to Trump's account because it has been given extra protections from hackers, which is honestly probably necessary, but also he's probably better off saying that he's been hacked with some of the shit he says. But anyway, um, it kind of freaks me out though. Like I'm not important enough for anyone to want to hack me. Who knows? Maybe someone out there is listening to this and they're like, you're important, Hannah. Let me show you how important you are. I'm going to hack you. No, please don't hack me. I can't afford to, I don't know. Does it cost money when you get hacked to get your privacy back? I was in the sun all day and now I'm afraid I'm going to get hacked. If you're listening to this and you're a hacker, please don't hack me. Don't hack anyone. But if you are going to hack someone, have it be a not nice person. Okay. On that note, um, everyone use two-step authentication and keep your data safe. And hackers also maybe hack women sometimes, but evil women don't do nice women, but it's like, wow, sexism. Okay. (laughs) Well, It's that time in the program where we have to talk about COVID-19. I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it to the bullet points. But the United States is failing to contain this. And this segment is dedicated to all the freaking nonsense going on with the people in power um, while we really should be focusing on this virus. So... First of all, if you haven't heard yet, the governor of Georgia is suing the mayor of Atlanta, Georgia, over a mask law that she implemented. So in uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, who's the mayor of Georgia, of Atlanta, the mayor of Georgia, the mayor of Atlanta, um, she issued an order saying that masks were required in all businesses and Georgia governor Brian Kemp released an executive order saying that there are no, you're not allowed to mandate a mask order. It goes against, like mayors can't do that. It goes against the governor's order. And she's like, fuck it. Uh, I'm keeping my mask order. So now he's suing her because, you know, the federal, because the courts, not the federal courts, all the courts didn't have enough to do. So we might as well take on a lawsuit between two government officials. I... I just don't totally understand the rationale, but I guess the more I read about it, it's like, okay, well, it's this clash between public health crisis, obviously, but also the, you know, personal freedom thing. Like I shouldn't be forced to wear a mask. And it's a shame that this narrative of being forced to wear a mask and masks aren't proven, this, all this science denying bullshit which originated on Fox News and in the White House, um, has really put the United States back so far. And we're just seeing these surges. And then on top of that, you have someone from the Trump administration writing this whole op-ed about how Fauci, Dr. Fauci, who's like 
literally keeping this shit together. Um, this guy, Peter Navarro, writes this op-ed that's like, Fauci's wrong on everything I've talked to him about. And then it was like, and Fauci got interviewed by The Atlantic. I'll put the uh, interview on the website. And he was like, yo, I'm really good at my job. Just let me do my job. This is like all fucking nonsense. Like, this is about the virus. And then they were like, well, would you thought, think about resigning? He's like, I'm not going to that place in my head because like, this is too important. I need to do my job and we need to get through this. Um, and then there was this other thing this week where um, the White House announced that instead of hospitals admitting their or submitting their information and like disease numbers and all that stuff into the CDC user server, what is it, database. <sighs> Ooh, all these tech terms tonight. This is a real tech episode. And I am, listen, I'm a real tech head. I'm a real techie. Okay. Okay. So instead of submitting data to the database for the CDC, they're having hospitals send their information to um, Health and Human Services in its own server database, um, which I don't really... uh, I don't really understand, excuse me. Oh, a little frog in my throat. Um, I don't really understand the tech part of this. I I mean, it's like not a private server, but it's not publicly accessible like the CDC one. It's like a totally different um, way to collect data and a place to collect data. It's inconvenient for hospitals. and I think that I think that experts are concerned it's going to actually slow down data because and make some data less available to others because the CDC system has been in place. I was talking to my aunt about this. She's a nurse, and she was saying, um, and a hospital administration does all this stuff, and she was saying we submit our numbers to the CDC. We've been doing this for so long. To totally switch that up is going to be like it's going to upset every, all the balance of things that we're already trying to do. Um, But yeah, someone said that like this, you know, people are concerned about who will have access to it, researchers, reporters, public, um, whereas with the CDC, they know who has access to it. So then the president today was aired an interview, Fox News with Chris Wallace. And I just want to read a couple quotes from that interview which was, I didn't watch it because what, what am I going to watch? Why am I, why would I watch this interview? I have no, I don't really have any interest in watching the president ramble on television. Um, But I do want to read some of the quotes from his interview. This is from an article in the Guardian. So he's being interviewed by Chris Wallace and Chris Wallace on Fox News is like giving him, confronting him with data basically uh, about, so they're talking about COVID and Trump was like, oh, well, we have one of the lowest mortality rates in the world. That's what Trump says to Chris Wallace. And he's like, that's not true. And so then he calls his press secretary to bring him the mortality rate and He says, you have the numbers, please, Trump asked, because I hear we have the best mortality rate, number, 
number one low mortality rate. Okay, that's a sentence. And then he said, oh, this is fake news. And he was like, well, I don't think I'm fake news. Wallace said that. Anyway, then Wallace was like, okay, well, how come you keep saying it's going to disappear? And Trump said, I'll be right eventually. It's going to disappear. I'll say it again. It's going to disappear and I'll be right. And then Wallace was like, okay, well, but also it's happening. And asked him about Fauci and Chris was like, Chris Wallace. I'm talking about Chris Wallace. And my friend Chris was like, he was like, well, if coronavirus isn't disappearing, like, what should we do? And Trump said, I've been right probably more than anybody else. He said that Dr. Fauci's an alarmist. And quote, when asked about the daily death toll around 1,000, Trump said, it is what it is. Cool, 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 cool. I don't even like, I just, like, what? This is so fucking dangerous. I'm sorry I'm being so, I don't know why I'm apologizing for cursing. I'm alone here in my apartment. I really do miss that sounding board. But I hope, you know, I hope you guys read some of the stuff we're putting on the website. I didn't want to like quote everything and ruin the reading the punchlines, but um, it's really scary. This is really scary stuff. We want to make sure we have the right information. This administration has a history of not providing accurate information about various things. And with COVID, I'm nervous about it going away from the CDC server. I'm nervous about the infighting between people and just how focused it's been on the economy and opening schools and all this stuff. And not that those things aren't important, but if we want to get there, it, it's not just like you can do the bare minimum and get to where you want to be. Like, I just think we need to be doing more. And having a governor sue a mayor is batshit crazy. That's so crazy. I mean, it's happened before. Come on. Lawmakers sue. People sue Trump. People, whatever. But over something that's supposed to protect the public in an area that's getting hit really hard by covid like a state in general but especially in atlanta it's just so frustrating to be like ah why can't we be on the same page about something so if you're listening to this you better be wearing a mask okay if you're not wearing a mask out like what are you doing because it's not just for you it's for other people so don't be an asshole And now for our final segment, first, let's start by taking a moment of silence to honor and remember Congressman John Lewis. John Lewis died on Friday. He was a representative in the House of Representatives for, I think, since 1986. It's a long time to be in Congress. Um, he was at the forefront of the civil rights movement back in the South in the 1960s. He was one of the original 13 Freedom Riders, which was a group of black and white men and women who rode the buses between states, which they did to try to challenge a, the enforcement of a Supreme Court decision saying that um, you couldn't segregate on interstate buses. And um, so these, these, 
protesters sat on the buses. They were attacked and slurred and tried to stand their ground. And um, it was one of the most, it was one of the beginning of many events that he partook in. For example, he was um, part of one of the founders of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee that did sit-ins and different demonstrations. He was in Nashville. I read his, I'm, I'm only skimming the surface of this really, really wonderful New York Times piece about him that I'm going to post on the website about his life. It was so interesting to learn. I did, I spent like hours reading about it. It was really, it's, he's a, he has lived such an impressive life and has been so true to himself. He always said, you know, getting, getting to good trouble. You know, he's been arrested like more than 40 times just from the years 1960 to 1966. Um, he was part of the organizing the March on Washington. He led various demonstrations, like I said, and he was there on that historic march in Selma, Alabama, when they were marching for voting rights against a law that I believe made black people take a literacy test before they voted. And so there was this huge group of people, they were marching and they were met on this bridge by the sheriff and all these troops, these cops and stuff, and maybe like National Guard, I don't remember. Um, and they were like, you have two minutes to all disperse and the protesters didn't move. And after one minute, they just, it was like a bloody massacre. There was like, the police were just beating people and shooting people and, and it was, it was like with batons and it was terrible. He was attacked and spent time in jail as a result of being attacked. Like, it's insane. And then, of course, like once he was elected to Congress and, you know, he had been a part, he was a very liberal guy in Congress, was voting on things that were always in protection of people. And um, he was close with President Obama. President Obama awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And he was just, uh, then of course, like as the Black, Live Matter, Black Lives Matter movement evolved, John Lewis got to see that and was fighting for civil rights up until he died. And um, I just think that he's someone that we should all aspire to try to emulate as far as his, he was a very peaceful man, but he was also very resolved in what he was doing. I mean, listen, I'm all for peace, but I'm also all for like people marching the street, do what you need to do to make your point. But um, I just think that we can, should all carry him with us and carry his lessons with them, us, especially that idea of like getting into good trouble that does something for people. And fighting for causes that are important and for human rights and for justice and equality and all the things that people are fighting for right now that he was fighting for back in the 60s. So I, I really hope that this, these lessons come with us and like, I hope that there are people reading his biography, educating themselves, white people like me about like, oh, this is what happened in those times. This is what he was doing. This is where it was back then. Like we shouldn't be fighting for the same things now. It's so long ago. So 
Yo, this is what happens when I record in my apartment by myself after thinking about this stuff for a while. Anyway, read more about John Lewis. I'll post his biography on the website and reflect on these things. And remember, Black Lives Matter, and this is a moment in history that we need to choose to be on the right side of. So white people keep educating yourselves and listening to your friends of color and just stay strong, everybody. And now it's time for HT, HT, Hannah Traps hot takes. It's me, HT. It's been me this whole episode by myself. Oh my God. How's it going? I think it's going fine. Today's topic for HTHT, we're talking about The Sims. I've been playing The Sims. If you're like me, hey, maybe you're exploring some old hobbies. Mine is The Sims. It's not that old. I mean, I've been playing The Sims for a long time on and off over the years, but I have a Mac and The Sims 3. I was playing The Sims 3 and when Apple updated their software, it, The Sims 3 is no longer compatible. So EA issued a statement saying, this was like back in the fall, that they would be like re-downloading or re, um, re-releasing the game to Mac users once they fixed it. And there's been no news since. So the other day, I went on and saw that The Sims 4 was five dollars so i bought it and wow it's not as fun as the sims 3 i really don't like it listen if you guys are out there and you've played sims 3 and sims 4 and you like sims 4 better tell me why because you can't drive cars in this there's not as many community lots you can't customize your neighborhoods as easily and you they don't have cars Sims 3 has cars sims 4 doesn't even have cars oh my phone just went off oh my god i'm really mad about this cars you took out cars Really? Um, I do like The Sims 4 for some reasons. I've noticed that raising a toddler is more fun in The Sims 4. Uh, anyway, but seriously, Sims 3 is way better. Um, but I wanted to just share with you guys my Sims strategy. I don't know if you guys, if you play The Sims, what you guys like to do. Um, I always use the cheats for money just so that my Sims can live more financially comfortably than I can. You know, like I don't want to watch my Sims struggle through life to make rent, you know. Um, I always build a cool house. You would be surprised. I don't build mansions all the time. I build, I do like a nice like open floor plan. Uh, I always go for wallpaper. Guys, who knew? I love wallpaper. Um, I go for wallpaper. I go hardwood floors, maybe a pool. Um, I used to put a car in the driveway, but uh, now I'm in The Sims 4 and it stinks. Um, yeah, so, but I make it a modest house. I'm not like tricking everything out, but it's, it's classy. And then, you know, they have some money to hold on to. And then I usually start with one of two families. I start with a family of four, um, one teenage child, one little child, um, or like one toddler. Actually, no, usually I just start with a child and a teen, or I start with just a married couple, or I'll start with, well, that's what I've done recently, but I've also started with just one person. That's a little less fun if you're not in the city Sims, because there's not as many places to go. I haven't tried that with Sims 4, but Sims 3, I've done that a couple times. Um, and then I usually, if it's a couple, I get one of them a job and one of them does like freelance. Like I get, I have one that's really into gardening right now. And then I just kind of see what happens. This one's been fun. I have a sim that goes fishing a lot. So I've been 
trying to explore the town. There's not that many places to go, but it's okay. Um, and then I have another Sim who's really into cooking. He's like working his way up the culinary track. I like to try to make them successful at work and happy personally. And wow, it's fun to just watch your Sims go to parties. We can't go to parties right now. My Sim goes to the gym, which is nice for them. I'm happy. Um, I have the crepe family, like the food the crepes, C-R-E-P-E. Uh, Mia and Dexter crepe and their son, Marco crepe. It's a cute family right now. That's what I've been working on. So yeah, um, you know, guys, listen, it's been a day of being in the sun, doing this podcast. Now I'm going to play The Sims. And also, I've just been reading the news all weekend. So forgive me if I've been rambling. Oh, wait. That's part of having your own podcast is rambling. Woo. Okay. Well, next week I'll have a guest because I should. Um, everyone stay safe. Wear a mask. Be cool. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Thank you, essential workers. And guys, just stay safe. And let me know if you have any news about The Sims 3 being released for Apple. Bye. This has been Keep You Posted. Hosted and executive produced by Hannah Trav. Produced and edited by me, Ross Wiseman. Our art and logo is by Kristen Finger and our music by Graham Trav. For a list of our sources from the episode, bonus content, and to get in touch with us, visit us at www.keepyoupostedpod.com.